Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and it is another Friday of Pump Rules Rewind. I am joined once again, of course, by Sammy Sage. Hey Sammy, how's it going? Hey Dylan, I am very well. I'm really excited to get into kind of a legendary Vanderpump Rules character today. Oh, we we have a, a, a couple of exciting things happening in this episode today. If you are trying to locate yourself among season one of Vanderpump Rules along with us, today we are talking about season one, episode five. We'll get into it, but there is a conflicting title of this episode because the po- political correctness of 2013 has not stood the test of time. So the original title of the episode is I'm Not a Ghetto Bitch. Interestingly enough, on Peacock, that is still the title of this episode, but on iTunes, if you buy the episode, on Wikipedia, when I looked it up, they have abbreviated it to, I'm not a bitch. (laughs) So Good for you for noticing that. I didn't notice that because I watched it on Peacock, so I was actually a little worried. I was like, are we just going to skip the name of the episode or are we going to call it out? Well, I the reason I looked into it was because I've been titling these episodes on the podcast feed just the name of the episode. And so I'm like, okay, last week was like Vegas with a vengeance. Like that's fun. But I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know how I feel about just like throwing that out there as like, here's the name of our podcast. So yeah, I'm it's interesting that they have chosen to edit that in some places, but not on Peacock, which is literally their own platform. And then also, of course, that scene is still fully just in the episode. So I, I I don't know. I don't know where I fall on that, but it's things have changed in the last 10 years, let's just say. It, yes, it is one of those time capsule moments. I am a little confused why they would change it on the paid iTunes, but not on – it just – maybe they forgot and we are reminding them. So if anyone – you know, it's possible. Look, corporations are just a bunch of people doing stuff. And maybe whoever was in charge of changing the titles of of the Vanderpump episodes on Peacock just forgot. So here's your reminder. <laughs> but getting into this episode, there's a lot happening this episode. But the biggest kind of through line is that you know Jackson Stasi are no more. And now we've got Jax and Laura Lee happy couple question mark they are they're making a go of it and i i was struck by how large of a presence laura lee has in this chunk of the season she really is around oh yeah they're like a dying star burn fast and hot I was wondering, because I know you are the king of impersonations, do you have one for Laura Lee? Oh, God. You know, what? what's funny is she actually sounds a little bit to me like Britney Spears when she talks, which is funny because yeah. Sheena positions herself as the brunette Britney. But Laura Lee, she's like, like, Stassi, oh, my God. Like, it's just very, it's like high-pitched, a lot of energy. She really, she puts her heart into absolutely everything. She's not taking a breath. She's not, she's not taking a breath. 
at the Sir staff meeting, which we'll get to later, like her freak out moment actually stressed me out because I was like, I need you to just take a breather. Think, (laughs) take a breath. You know, it's it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, she, I think she is easily, she's very suggestible. So I think that whatever she's like kind of exposed to in her environment, she goes all in. You know, she's all in on this relationship with Jax. She's all in on how bitchy Stassi is. She's all in on being like the new head girl at Sir. You know, she's very, she's all in on bathroom sex. The- so, yeah. <laughs> I think it's interesting. You said that she's like the number one girl in the group almost this episode. The alliances shift extremely rapidly in this first season because we, since Vegas, Kristen and Katie are not speaking to Stassi really. And suddenly a position opens up for one Sheena Marie in the group. And so (laughs) Kristen's having this party. She's like, it's so great now that Stassi's not invited to my party because that means I can invite Sheena. And like, I've always liked Sheena. I just didn't feel like I could really like show that because of Stassi. And it's like, girl, last week's episode, you were like, you're a fucking slut. (laughs) Like, Kristen. (laughs) Right. It's also... Like Stassi weaponizing that she was once nice to Laura Lee. Why? When did that happen? She's like, actually, this is really fucked up because I'm the only person that has ever shown her one drop of kindness in her life. So how dare she date somebody who I have said I want nothing to do with? To to Laura Lee's credit, like Stassi, her reaction to this is a lot. Like there is no evidence that Laura Lee and Stassi had some friendship that would require girl code to be implemented. (laughs) And so, I mean, is Jax a piece of shit? Sure. That's not a hot take, but like Laura Lee is not really the one who's, you know, shifting the, the paradigm here. Yeah. I don't think Laura Lee was going to go for Jax if Jax didn't express interest in her is my assumption. Well, so here's Jax's take on how this came to be, because of course it was an accident that they got into this situation. He's talking to Peter at Sir. There's some like horror movie-esque intro out of the commercial break. And he says, well, she was babysitting my dog and then we got lunch and then we went for a hike and then we got dinner and then we saw a movie and then we got breakfast. Wink, wink. (laughs) So it was a total accident. They fell into this whole day of activities together. He's very clear that she is not a rebound. It's the best sex he's had in a long time. I mean, the thing is, like, Laura Lee is a little over the top in her, how deep she's getting into this relationship. But also, Jax is just, like, saying all this shit because he thinks it'll hurt Stassi's feelings. And it's like, my man. Yeah, that is very... (laughs) Right. It's very clear that, no, she's not a rebound. She's like a game. I'm so confused how much time passed between like this and the last episode. When did they each have time to solidify these relationships? Because Stassi's also solidified her relationship with Frank to a larger extent. I'm not sure of the timeline. I would be curious too, because it sort of feels like this whole season was filmed in like a week and a half. But then also there are these kind of gaps where it's like, you're fully saying that you're like dating this person, but then you're also framing it as this really fast thing. And Stassi, we meet Stassi's mom for the first time in this episode and they're kind of going to lunch and Dana, Stassi's mom is like taken aback that Frank stayed with Stassi 
on her birthday trip to Vegas. And I'm like, she's calling this man her boyfriend. Like, if he was on the trip at all, it makes sense that they would be staying together. So Dana's kind of like, Stassi, oh my God, that's so bad. And it's like, okay, we have to pick a lane. Like, either you're in a relationship and this is your boyfriend, or it's like, we've just been hanging out for a few days, but I feel like they're kind of doing both. Right. But even with the timeline with, I guess that's what you're doing when you're 23, 24. Yeah. I think that it's interesting because also the timeline with Laura Lee and Jax, in that scene where Laura Lee and Jax are both working at Sir, Jax is kind of like flirting with these women or whatever. And Laura Lee comes over and is like, I saw you talking to those girls. So obviously she feels some sort of claim to them. But also his response was so ridiculous. He's like, no, they don't speak English. Well... (laughs) So he, so I guess he says that it's like lounge night at Sir and it's a Tuesday. So this is the precursor, I guess, to see you next, see you Tuesday, next Tuesday was French music in the lounge, which I guess James Kennedy is an upgrade. Yeah. But these women are like, oh, we're Brazilian. We love French music. And then Jack's talking to Laura Lee is like talking about speaking Spanish to them. And it's like. They speak Portuguese. <laughs> and like, oh my God, it's all of these little interactions. And and then Laura Lee's like, see Jack, see, 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 see. It's like, oh my God. This like it we is. are so living in just both stupid and culturally insensitive and just on some she's not on something because she is sober. I don't wanna so I don't yeah. wanna say that, but like they are in some sort of I don't know. The, yeah, they're in a in a love bubble, you might say. Yes. And it's it's a lot. And I think Her it is love tank is full. It's, it is worth noting that we hear from Jax that Laura Lee has been sober for nine months. She makes a comment about being like a meth addict in the past. Lisa expresses that she's a fragile person and that she's kind of worried that Jax might not be the best thing for her. So there is this kind of like cloud over all of the proceedings of like Laura Lee is somebody who has had struggles in the past, in the not so distant past, and that this situation might not end well, which of course, you know, we'll we'll see how it ends. Yeah. Calling all my honeys. Support for today's episode comes from Honey Love. Whether you're a bride, a wedding guest, or simply seeking everyday smoothing, Honey Love is the go-to for all things shapewear. Honey Love has revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The Superpower Short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence. Thanks to Honeylove. 
Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. This episode, another fun thing that happens is Sheena is still in her music era. And big opportunity, she's opening for Tina at the Roxy. It's the first time she's sung live. It's her debut performance of her single, Can You Freak, Bitch. Can we like auto-tune my microphone? Can we like auto-tune my microphone? But uh, more importantly, she has two backup singer slash dancers, one of whom is Ariana Maddox. (laughs) Oh my god, that was like oh my. She's really good. They were they were all really good. We could maybe skip to the like end yeah, of the yeah, performance. Yeah. Stassi's mocking the shit out of Sheena and the fact that she has backup dancers and that she's doing this at all. But stop! But Sheena's performance was I thought solid, and even Stassi had to admit it, which you know must have really hurt her. Stassi having a full scene with like Jen and Haley or whoever from the Sir like B team where she's like, oh my God, wait, Sheena is performing. Now I have to go because that's going to be the funniest thing in the world. She gets uh, she gets out of her Sir shift so she can come to this concert and make fun of Sheena. And then she has to eat. She has to eat crow the whole time. But also I did notice when she just casually is like, I got my shift covered and all of the Sir employees that we've ever been introduced to are at this event at the Roxy on a Saturday night. And it's like last week it was a huge issue for people to get their shifts covered to go to Vegas. And this week it's like, oh, Saturday night, we're all free somehow. Right. Projection. (laughs) I mean, even, even at this point, we can see it, I think, now that they're involved. But at the time... I was so blind to all of that. Yeah. I think that also comes through a little bit. The other big thing that happens this episode is the staff meeting at Sir, And this is something where not only is it, you know, funny and inappropriate for Lisa to be like discussing all of this stuff with her employees in general, but the fact that there are like 30 people at the staff meeting when really it concerns five of them, it's a little like, okay, so we didn't really need like whoever else happens to work here to be at this meeting where we're discussing like Katie, Stassi, Jax, Laura Lee, and Frank. (laughs) Right. I also find her like justification for having this talk with them that because she owns a restaurant Uh and this fight took place in a restaurant that this is like representing her. And so she can get involved in their behavior after hours. Yeah, that was that was a funny thing. She said it a couple times in this episode. And I think over the seasons, it's come up other instances, too, that it's like when you're all together, even if it's not like a work event, if you're all traveling as a pack and people know that you work at Sir, then you're representing Sir. And it's a little like, I mean, perhaps, sort of, but that doesn't mean she needs to get in. She can say, like, don't fight, but like, it's not really her job to referee the actual specifics of the conflict. Right. Well, maybe, again, that's wanting to not acknowledge the show. 
Like I need to have an authority. Right. And I think that's like you said with production, it's like, that's the reason we're having this meeting in the first place. And, you know, when she's bringing up the, she's like, so actually I had that perhaps Katie and Styles, you got physical with each other. And (laughs) then it's like, okay. Two girls getting physical. Yeah. I don't know if I love the kind of implication that two women getting physical with each other is like more disgraceful than if it was two men because, you know, women are supposed to be ladylike and graceful or whatever the fuck Lisa (laughs) thinks about gender. Oh, Lisa definitely. I mean, it's really coming up now, especially as we're watching the current season. Lisa does actively embrace sort of gender stereotypes and holds women and men to different standards very frequently. But she also, I mean, she says a lot of stuff in this talk. She calls out Laura Lee for looking like she's having a fit, like having a seizure. Yeah. And I went, whoa, Lisa. Yeah, and this is this is right after the ghetto bitch thing comes out that she's like, did you pull Katie's hair? And Stassi says, no, I didn't because I'm not a ghetto bitch. And Lisa even is like, well, I mean, she's like, yeah, girl, bitch. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's like very cringeworthy. Obviously, we're watching this 10 years after the fact and like that's not something that we would say. But also just like the way that Lisa is handling this conflict even then, it's like, no, you're not like you're not supposed to be the one feeding into that. You're not supposed to be telling Laura Lee that she looks like she's having a seizure. Like these are things where it's like if these like, you know, 20 something year old like messes are saying problematic shit, that's one thing, but it's like Lisa, come on, please. Let's right. uh let's let's be the actual voice of reason, not like the TV voice of reason who also sucks. Right. It's another time capsule. So full of time capsules. It really is. But so Stasi sent a lot of, you know, vivid rage texts, imaginative texts to Laura Lee saying that, you know, she's not going to have any friends and that, you know, she was the only person that was ever nice to her. And good luck. You know, you should probably just quit your job at Sir because it's going to be hell for you. It's funny that that Stasi is framing herself as kind of like the 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 like center point of the Sir social group, considering that. In this episode, she's fallen out with Katie and Kristen. She obviously isn't getting along with Jax by, you know, you know, transitive property. She's not really talking to Sandoval. It's like she really only has, like, whoever Jen and Haley are and then Frank. <laughs> she has her fluff friends, as Katie called them last, yeah. last week. <laughs> that is, that's, like, honestly a really good term. Yeah, I mean, that's who they are. That's the function they serve in this in this uh, storyline. But Stasi, I think, quickly recovers from her, you know, relative fall because Sheena, because she goes to Sheena's performance, she tells her that she's really good. And then Stasi leaves because she realizes she has nobody. And Sheena sees her crying outside and they basically reconcile. Yeah, Sheena, I think Sheena is somebody who... She, I don't think Sheena has like as much of a mean girl streak as some of the other women on this show have had over the years. And so for Sheena, especially, she sees this as kind of a way to to improve her standing in the group. Already Kristen is pretending that she never had an issue with her to begin with. Now Stassi, who was kind of the the Regina George of the situation, is down and out. And she's going to be like the the helping hand to make her feel better. Like Sheena in this episode, really her stock rises a lot. Yeah. I mean, Sheena's 
Sheena does mean girl things, but she does them as an, a sole operator rather than as a group, which makes her, I think, seem less despicable because she's not like doing it to gang up. She's doing it to kind of protect herself and make her own moves. Yeah, it's it, right. It is. It does feel different because Sheena isn't presented to us as a member of a clique or like of a group even really. Mm-hmm. So when she kind of makes a play or does something, it's like she kind of needs she kind of needs to do that. Whereas like Kristen and Katie and Stassi, at, the, at least at the beginning of this season, are like the the plastics of Sir. And, you know, they they don't think they need, like, anybody's help, really. Right. And they play off each other to go against one person who they pick on. Yeah. I thought it was really funny in that scene where Stasi is, you know, gleefully talking shit about Sheena before the performance. She refers to her as ancient Britney. And then she also says that no one has performed with backup dancers since 1999, which is hilarious just because it's like, wildly untrue. <laughs> right. I was very confused about her assessment of Sheena's singing in that conversation. But then I was like, I don't really know what, what I th- thought was going on at this time. So I can't really remember what I would have thought. But I was like, this is just ridiculous. Has Stassi never seen like a, a pop concert Any performance? <laughs> right. Destiny's, although I guess that's Pre-1999. Maybe that's like what she was thinking of. I, also, 1999 wasn't – that's just not true. It doesn't make sense. Right. Like Taylor Swift has backup dancers. Beyonce's always had backup dancers. Like yeah. it's not the kind of thing where it's like, oh, wow, she's she's performing with like a Motown trio, how 60s of her. Like, Who doesn't have backup dancers? Yeah. Adele? Right. Like people who don't do like a show like like I, I guess like Bruce Springsteen doesn't have backup dancers. He has a whole band. He I don't has know. like a 10 piece band. Also Sheena is younger than Britney Spears. So like right. the I ancient Britney. <laughs> right. I bet you Stassi heard that Sheena I bet you Sheena was going around comparing herself to like Britney Spears and saying people have confused me for Britney Spears and then Stassi used that. Right. Right. I mean Stassi is resourceful. Like, she is the kind of person where if you say something that she thinks makes you sound stupid, she'll probably remember it and repeat it later to make you look bad. And we also, this episode, this is when they still, there was the Bravo era where they would put in, like, two-thirds of the way through the episode, like, a quick little, like, 45-second, like, kind of aside moment between commercial breaks where it's like something kind of out of context of the rest of the episode. And I, yeah. I, I miss those, but this episode it's dedicated to Stassi's like imaginative, gruesome, like insults in her confessionals, oh, yeah. which oh, is yeah. like, I'm going to slice your eyeballs and then draw and quarter you and drag you through the town square, tarred and feathered. Like all <laughs> of these things. She's very creative in the way that she speaks and, it is just like Stasi is imaginatively violent. Yeah, like watching her navigate these situations in real time like before she was famous, before any of this stuff, it's like damn, there's there's a lot going on there. Oh yeah. She is she's thinking a lot of steps at the same time. <laughs> but I also thought it was funny that they had Sandoval the being the one who narrated that like short clip. Yes. Of Stasi being very violent in how she refers to things and people. 
Sandoval, not a major player nope. in this episode at all. I, I keep kind of thinking like, obviously watching the, the new seasons, it's like Sandoval is like, you know, one of the main characters on this show for its entire run. But it, it's interesting. They only have six real people in the cast this season. And like this episode, Tom basically isn't in it at all. There are a couple episodes where Sheena basically doesn't have anything going on. Like, it's funny how they kind of distribute the the screen time. And if Kristen and Tom are like the more stable relationship at this point. So whatever's going on with Stassi and Jax eats up like so much of the screen time. Yeah. Sandoval only had, I think, like three minutes of screen time. But I also think that that's because they were testing out who yeah. was interesting probably and what right. the dynamics were. Because this right. is still like the fifth episode ever. Right. And if you think about somebody like Laura Lee, we got introduced to her, I think, last week for the first time. This week, she really kind of arrives on the scene of the group. And she's immediately going to Kristen's party. She's immediately kind of invited to everything. And so, it, yeah, there was kind of a sense that it was like, we're just following whatever's happening. And so if Laura Lee is the main character this week, it doesn't really matter if she's not like in the cast, quote unquote. Right. Because she could have been, depending how things went. But this is Laura Lee's like second and a half episode and she peaks. <laughs> she, so. she probably does peak in this episode. One, but Sandoval also missed an opportunity for screen time. The last thing that I want to talk about is actually the first scene of the episode where Lisa is having a tea party at Villa Rosa and Jax and Peter are working and they're wearing these matching like white tank tops with jeans yeah. and that's their uniform for this. And it's just like that is so perfectly 2012 she's like don't embarrass my fucking friends <laughs> right it's like, it's like look what you're wearing sir put on a button down or something it's just like the fact that that was like an aesthetic polo shirt in 2012 that it's like yeah we're gonna have these like meathead hot bartenders in their like undershirts and jeans yeah. serving drinks like in the backyard of my hollywood hills mansion like, Which is okay. very different than it used than it looks now. Yeah, they improved a, it. Villa Rosa looks like it, it does look it. It looks like dated in this. Yeah, I think configuration. they fixed it up. But honestly, that the the backyard is just so insane. I've always just like I've taken many times where I've like frozen it on the shot of her backyard and like various parts of that house. I'm like, what the hell is this? The the property itself and then the that view that she has that's just unobstructed. Watching like selling sunset and stuff, some of the houses that they go to, they're like, Yeah, like this view is sick. And it's like the view is nice itself, but there's like buildings all around and you know, maybe they're building something in front of it. Who knows? And it's like, no, like Lisa Vanderpump has like a panoramic view of the entire world. Yeah, Lisa's Lisa's view could be in like Tuscany, which is what you want, you know. She, yeah. Although I heard she sold it. No, 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 no. That was a that was a fake fake news. She didn't sell Villa Rosa. No, she was selling Villa Blanca, or like Villa Blanca was being sold, and okay. people somebody misreported it as Villa Rosa, and then she I think is on the record as saying like I would literally never sell that house. Like okay, good because yeah. I need to see more in it. And I'm glad that we've done some fact checking here. Thank you, Dylan. <laughs> that's that's what we're here for. And of course, we're here to talk about all things Vanderpump Rules. And I love to do it. And we'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks, Sammy. 
See you on episode six. Yay. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show so you never miss an episode. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.